What happens when a chef, a critic, and a culinary writer get together for a totally unscripted conversation? Welcome to Three Ingredients, a show about the world of food. I'm Ruth Reichel, and I've spent my whole life writing about it. I'm Nancy Silverton, America's busiest chef, and the woman who made sourdough bread making a household obsession. And I'm Laurie Ochoa, General Manager of Food at the Los Angeles Times and Happy Tripe Eater. Because if you're going to eat meat, you shouldn't let the good parts go to waste. How do you feel about people who come in and just take over your kitchen? That's the burning question that starts off this week's conversation. From there, we morph into the etiquette of potluck dinners and then get into the whole subject of dinner parties. What is it exactly that makes a good one? The truth is we are deeply divided on that subject. We can't even agree on the timing of the cooking or how to set the table. But one thing is for sure, by the time this conversation is over, you will know exactly whose house you'd rather be invited to. So pull up a chair and come join us for a really delicious conversation. By the way, all our episodes live over at threeingredients.substack.com, along with a bunch of bonus stuff, including written pieces and discussion threads. You can support the show there or sign up for free. So each episode of Three Ingredients lands right in your email. That's threeingredients.substack.com. So I have something I want to talk about. Okay. I'm going to have to disguise people's name Names. because they'll never talk to me again. Okay. Uh, but I want to talk about house guests and the use of your kitchen. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Let's talk about that because I think we all have house guests that come and cook in our kitchens. Let us know what's been going on, Ruth. Well, um, you know, I, I really, I love having guests in my house. And I love having guests who sort of take care of themselves, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to have to be entertaining people when they come to stay. And Nancy, you must really feel that way in Italy. Well, no, because, um, you know, when, when you say, well, I have that one small room. No, but I sort of overtake the kitchen. So, you know, nobody is like cooking really in my kitchen. I kind of do it right well i i guess when there's a big party lori i you know there are helping you, you give us all tasks yeah yeah i give tasks i'm a task mask master but well you, well you have to explain the situation more so did you have people taking over your kitchen taking cooking? over my kitchen so like kicking you out of your kitchen well or? more or less and i i realized i really don't like that you know, and I think these people thought that they were being really good guests and helpful. And I found myself getting more and more irritated as the weekend went on. Ooh, you know, I mean, um, I had like planned certain meals and then they decided to make different meals. Did they bring their own food or use your food you had planned? We all went shopping. And I had, ne I've never thought about, I mean, I, I love it when people come and join me in the kitchen and I like working as a group in the kitchen, 
being kicked out of my own kitchen was really annoyed me in a way I hadn't expected. But did you think you, did you just have a sense that you weren't wanted or were you literally said, please leave? No, it wasn't that. It was like, um, they just started cooking early in the day, you know? Um, and I, I, I sort of have a rhythm that I cook in. I work a little, I yeah. go in and, you know, I do a little writing. I do a little walking into the kitchen. Um, and, Suddenly it wasn't my kitchen to walk in and out of. You know, there were all these things happening in there that were not my things in my kitchen. And I mean, it was beautiful food. I mean, it was not, I was, I have no complaints about what got made. It was all lovely. It was just, I, I just had never realized how territorial I was in my kitchen. Ah. I felt like, you know, a cat who wanted to like, you know, spray all over the place and say, wait a minute, this is mine. I sense the feeling that the next time I come to visit you, you're going to have one of those bizarre signs in your kitchen. Like this is my place. And no, Nancy, and my place I love only. it when no. you're here for Thanksgiving. I, I love yeah. the way no. we cook together. I mean, but you don't take over the kitchen, but I mean, I just think just. Like you wouldn't feel that. Well, I guess you could feel that about the bathroom if you had one bathroom and somebody was in there the whole day, right? That would be kind of an issue. But I think it makes. Well, that would just, be just rude. <laughs> okay, that's just rude. <laughs> but I just mean I think that sometimes incidents like that make us feel how much we really do love our kitchens and what goes on in our kitchens and what we do in our kitchen and what a wonderful space that. You know, I know that I don't feel that so much in L.A., but I definitely feel that in Italy. I really feel like this is my happy place in Italy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's Dana, what I feel here yeah. in my house, that um, it's it's a quiet place yep. for me. Yep. Um, and it is my happy place. Yeah. And... um. I just don't like it when someone else is marching <laughs> around in my happy place. Well, and Nancy, I think you have us marching around in your happy place. Yeah. When, but when, I, because no one would ever come to you and say, I'm going to make this and double no. you out. You, we, <laughs> we come to you and say, what do you need? And you are not shy about saying what you need. And it usually has to do with something that's not cringing on my space, you know? Like we have this way that we dance around our kitchens, and I think that uh, it's an important dance, right? It's an important, and sometimes it's just a what a solo, right? And it and feels and there the, are you know it feels the best. I was thinking about you know when when there are potlucks and what you bring, that sometimes you have to be very careful. Not to bring something that needs a lot of extra last minute work, because sometimes people will bring a dish that needs oven space or that needs a lot of counter space to finish. And sometimes, like in our, when we have our parties, there's a lot already going on. So if you need extra counter space or to take up space in my oven, I've already got all this other stuff going on. So it's, Sometimes it's fantastic, you know, there, you know, um, 
Michelle Hanovan will come over and make a fantastic salad, but she's usually got everything already ready and she's brought the, you know, everything she needs and that, that kind of thing is great. But sometimes people will ask, Oh, do you have, you know, more olive oil or more whatever? And that's fine, except sometimes, you know, here in the middle of hosting a party, you don't really want to take the time out to do that well, extra worse work. Worse than the no olive oil is like somebody who needs three burners on your six burner <laughs> stove, right? Oh, I need I need to where are your pots? I and then they don't clean the pots, which is also very <laughs> annoying. Most people, I have a lot of people who like to do dishes, which is lucky. But um, but I had I did have one time where these professional chefs who were fantastic who you know came over and kind of took over the kitchen in a way that was very meant to be very uh, almost like a gift. But it you know Isabel was also trying to make something like one and she felt you know intimidated because these are professional chefs coming in and so she just kind of retreated and didn't do her finish her her dish and what they made was fantastic so it was like it was exciting to have that but it is it is a little weird sometimes oh no, well may i say professional chefs in your kitchen are a problem because they are used to people cleaning up behind them <laughs> and home cooks clean up as they go most home cooks and i mean i Bruce Cost, who's one of the best cooks I've ever met in my life, when he cooks in your kitchen, you're cleaning up for three days afterwards. Well, actually, I've found that professional chefs are very clean because you guys seem to have. He's. I've watched like how efficient you, you know, Nancy, you, and other people are. There's just that natural rhythm of cleaning as you go. I find I often let the dishes pile up. Unfortunately, I'm I'm not the best at that. And so, Ruth, what, what lesson did you learn from your house guests that uh, took over your kitchen? Because look, you uh, share a house with a husband that has no interest in being in the kitchen. So, you know, it's been Ruth in the kitchen for your whole relationship, right? You've never had to share that well, yeah, space. But, but, you know, I did live in a commune for 10 years okay. beforehand right. where uh, we... Definitely cooked together. Yeah, and but I you like weren't as set in your ways. That's true. I was not as set in my ways. No, you're right. I mean, uh, it is very much my kitchen. But the truth is, you know, I when Nick is here, we cook together really happily. You know, I mean, I love being in the kitchen. When you're here, I love, I love, you know, what happens over Thanksgiving with all the people yeah. in the kitchen and running in and out. I mean, I love that. It's it's someone dominating. Yeah, no, your it's kitchen. A hundred, you know. I'll tell you when Liz, you know, the, Liz, you know, Liz, the chef at All Things Moza, comes to Italy to visit, and we cook a meal actually together from start to finish. We just, we just know that dance together, and we just know what to do. And I'll do this, and she'll do that, and we're on our. Uh, opposite ends of the kitchen so we have our own space you know and it just it works it works beautifully but when it's at a sink i know that feeling that you must yeah are happy to not have today <laughs> yes exactly you know and it, and it does but it does make you think of the kitchen and what an important place in, for your daily 
your daily well-being is that kitchen, you know, for yes, whatever you do. it's very important to my mental health. Yeah. There you, yep. I mean, I was suddenly very grumpy ah. for a few days. So what do you think is the key to working together in the kitchen, having friends in the kitchen cooking together? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I mean was I, it a collaborative meal that you were making or they were actually making the meal? They so were actually making the meal. So there wasn't a, really a place or a role for you, right? No, there was not. There I, was not. I, I wonder, you know, I always feel better when I'm in either of your kitchens when you're giving tasks to me. You know, I feel like that is a comfortable place. And then there's like a rhythm that can happen that way. I mean, and there's always like when Liz is involved, you got to make sure your game is on. You got your, that you're cutting things right, and she's, she's a sharp, not she, afraid. She, yeah, she's. Why? She, what does she do? She's just not afraid to let you do that. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> Rather but, than, thanks for the help. It's like, no, and I know, think I think everyone appreciates <laughs> a little it because demanding. Well, and I think she also knows your demand. She she's yeah. channeling what your yeah, expectations exactly. <laughs> are too. But I I feel like maybe it's about having a someone who's really in the lead. And if it's your kitchen, you should be the person in the lead. Yes, I I I, I think that there's a way for people to say, "Would you like me to do X? What do you want? You know, let's plan the meal together, or let's think yeah. about it." What can I do? Well, you know, last night I had the opposite experience. Was this last night or when was it? Was oh, this was over ago. the weekend. This oh, was okay, a few days. Okay, because last night, you know, I, I hosted a dinner at my house, meaning my house was the what, what I offered. And then um, we cooked a Osteria meal for paying guests. Uh, and the paying guests, had a choice of doing the event in at the restaurant or at my house. Well, and who they would chose the, they all my of house. course would choose your house. Why wouldn't well, they? Well, I'll tell you why not. To do an event off site is more expensive than doing it at one of our restaurants because there's a lot more moving pieces. So, you know, there's a lot of rentals involved. You know, think of an extra refrigeration, stove, um, I have all my all the plates, but there's fill-ins that they have to do. Um, it's just it's a more expensive, and then the, the packing and the loading of all the ingredients. It's just more, so it's a different price. If you if you wanted to have a a, a dinner and you at, you were offered X amount of money in the private dining room of the Osteria, or for more money in my house, many people would just pick the Osteria. But what's um, what's interesting is that the effect that it is, or the atmosphere of having hosting a dinner at your house versus the restaurant, because you're basically getting the same meal. You know what we what we um, offered was an Osteria meal served at my house, right? Um, and this is not the first one. It started a couple years ago that I started doing it, where a few charities were thinking about different ways to entertain rather than just the standard restaurant meal. But it's turned into something that has become so popular and the guests are so happy because of the ambiance and uh, how casual it is in somebody's backyard. So if you think of the different venues of where you could have, host a party, right? You can say, all right, I'm going to have a party. 
and it's going to be at a um, in a hotel ballroom. Well, we all know what that feels like, right? Um, or I'm going to instead I'm going to rent out a restaurant, and that's going to be so much better than a hotel ballroom. But the vibe and the intimacy and the experience of actually being in the home of um, of the restaurant is just so different. And the pleasure that it brought to all of the guests was, it's just, it just puts a smile on my face. So how many people did you have? So it was 40 people. And, um, so it was in the backyard and it was in the backyard. So because my backyard is not huge, it can't be one where we're all sitting on the lawn of a, a mansion sized lawn that could accommodate, you know, a table of 50 or six, you know, or four tables of 10, you know, long. These are, you know, there's some people sitting next to the fireplace and then there's two round tables and then I've got a couple rectangle tables. So they can't all sit together. However, there's a lot of mingling at the beginning and everybody sits down. But still, I think they love the, uh, the personal touches, the mismatched tablecloths, you know, the humble plates, the silverware, you know, they're still being waited on. It's not like they're, they're coming to a buffet. They're still getting wine poured and they're still getting plates cleared, but it's still, um, you know, there's nothing more pleasurable about having a meal with with friends and strangers at a table you know so when you it's funny when you said i have something to talk about today i just had a very unpleasant couple days in my kitchen or sharing my kitchen and then it was funny cuz i was going to talk about how pleasure it was to turn my kitchen into a restaurant which is basically what we did. When you cooked most of that food at the, at the restaurant. Right? Well, no, no, I brought in the, like the condiments and certainly like the dressings. But for instance, the fish and the protein, the meat was cooked on the bar, you know, on the grill and the guests coming could see all that happening and the bread was grilled. Uh, the certainly. The vegetables, yes, were roasted, but, you know, heated up. And yes, the pie was already made at the residence. So, yeah, it wasn't that I turned my house into a total restaurant from scratch, but it was a to- total restaurant as far as service. But you're also, you mean, most of us could not do that. I no. do not have plates and cutlery for 50 people. No, 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 no. I'm not suggesting that you turn your 100, sorry. But I'm not, I'm not, um, saying, wasn't going to say the, um, turn your, each of your kitchens into a restaurant. I was just coming off of the high of how much pleasure it is for someone to eat in a backyard. You know, these were fancy women executives, you know, very fancy where, you know, they were outside. At one point it started to drizzle a little bit, right? They were all weren't sitting in padded chairs because it was outdoor furniture. There was some funk that was there, you know, and yet to them, it was like this was the best evening of my life, you know, because they too got to let down their whatever you were there, you know. And so nice that you were able to provide that for people. No, but like I said, this is probably the 10th one I've done in the last couple of years, you know, and it's not me 
it's, you know, look at it's the village to put this on. Jen, you know, Beach, our, our events coordinator, she works really hard at making it all work. Marta is there, you know, ironing eight tablecloths and 50 napkins, you know, and, and Nick is there doing the florals. You know, there's a lot of people. Right. Right. So right. it's not just me throwing a party, but I'm just trying to think about the idea of entertaining and what makes a good party and that rubber chicken in a hotel ballroom is not the answer. You know, that's not yeah. the way to celebrate people and food. And sometimes, of course, it's the only option with the amount of people. But just the difference, you know, of of having something that feels more homey. I mean, I have to say my favorite time of the year is Thanksgiving, you know, when yeah. we have people sleeping all over the floor. There are yeah. 20 people there, um, every sofa, um, get up in the morning, you stumble over people and breakfast kind of goes on yep. all day and everybody's in and out. I mean, I love that so yep. much. And so does Michael, your husband. And so does Michael. Yep. Um, you know, there's someone to talk to no matter what time of day or night it is. There are people. You know, you can go to bed and there's people still talking in the living room. And, um, I mean, nothing makes me happier than that. You know, I mean, I, I would like to live like that always. I would like to have a lot of people around all the time. Yep. No, it is. It is wonderful. And there's just something that, that, you know, the food and the eating and the people and the conversation and the diversity, just everything about the experience, you know, I really, really love. But we should talk about what makes a good party because, yeah, I don't think it's the food. I mean, I think what makes a really good party is having a few people who know each other well and a few people who are totally new. So it's you're not having the same conversation you've always had. Do you think that the people should always be like-minded people or do you no. ever like to throw some <laughs> somebody so do you get a nice a nice argument and somebody storms off in the bunch well I don't, you know like, like just do because you think, you're not like-minded doesn't mean you have to have a fight no but i'm just saying do you think like i'm going to have a party and so these are the guests i'm going to have because i think they'd all get along i think that yeah i mean i like to have people but, who i think yeah. would interest each other yeah, i don't care right. if they get along but right. I'd like them to be interesting to each other. And your parties are, there's often a good debate going on at your parties, Ruth. So one thing I was wondering from both of you, because I've been to parties where you do it both ways. When do you decide to do it buffet style? And when do you decide to do it as a sit down dinner with everyone passing dishes? That's a good question. I, I have an answer in my house that I have one table that will fit 10 people. So if I'm only inviting 10 people over, which I think has happened once, Ruth, and I think you were at that party, um, then it seems funny to do buffet because how big are the portions? I mean, a buffet should be bountiful with with platters spilling over with food. But if there's 10 people, then you've got 10, you know, like kind of bowls. So I feel like that's when you want to plate it and put it, although some things can go in the middle of the table, but as opposed to a buffet. So that would be my criteria. What about you, Ruth? I'm pretty much the same. I mean, I like putting platters of food on the yeah. table and just letting people help themselves. But if you've got, if you've got two tables or too many people, 
it just makes more sense for every just to put it all out on a buffet and let people. Although, you know, we don't really have a buffet. It just means coming into the kitchen and. See, my entertaining is, oh, yeah, but you've got a big kitchen where you can le- put all the food around your counters, you know, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah. So people can just, yeah. you know. I mean, oh. I only have an outdoors where I have a whole table for that, you know, buffet. And, and that's really the way I like to entertain because I can only entertain really outdoors with, if I have more than 10 people, they don't fit in any room in my house. You know, you have an open floor plan. So I think that matters too. You know, it's like, what, what can you accommodate? Yeah, we have, and we have all these, you know, fold up tables down in the basement that we can bring up, cover with tablecloths so they don't look like they're really just rickety pieces of tin. But you know, what I always like about a buffet is that people, well, the, just the idea you can choose what you want. Right. And the portion size and what you want next to each other, you know. Well, I don't ever and, plate food. I just oh, okay. put platters oh, was, on the table. Yeah, no, I do. I put, I like to put some, a couple platters, but what I would serve to 10 people would may not, all those platters may not fit at that table. And so therefore I might plate some and put some out, but I still like platters. I still love just that. Please pass me that really helps, you know, in, in a party. The, that interaction of, here, let me do that for you, kind of, you know. And Nancy makes the most beautiful buffets, though. I mean, most people, it's just like, you know, plates out. Like, I've <laughs> I've used the back of Jonathan's truck as a buffet ta- a table. <laughs> you know, that we put the flatbed down and we put a tablecloth over that it. That was beautiful. And the, and the odd thing is that it's less about number of people for me because we've had Thanksgivings where we've had a lot of people. And so we put out long tables outside and still, I think there's something about the turkey. You just still want to pass it around. I don't, you know, but then for things like, you know, New Year's Day, red beans and rice or Fourth of July fried chicken that we used to do. Jonathan used to be in there frying chicken all the time people would wander in the kitchen and grab a piece and you know and and there'd be you know different salads and things outside it's kind of like beautiful chaotic uh display i guess but not not nancy yours are so gorgeous you've got you know the little antique spoons and um it's just beautiful you know somebody uh, actually two people today on two different calls interestingly enough asked me one of the questions was do you have any other interests sort of like that you know and besides the usual reading and I like movies you know it's like I really don't um I don't I don't really have any interests and I really wish I did and then I thought and then the person next to me reminded me yes you do you love going to flea markets and picking up all those treasures for the table and that's so true both in Los Angeles and Italy I am obsessed with having the right spoons, forks, serving plates, the right size, the shapes. And I love when I have all that because I feel like that's kind of my canvas are those platters. And then I'm able to figure out what to put on them and how to arrange them. So as you were saying, Ruth, maybe food is not the most important element for a good dinner party. Maybe the table settings for me are the most important. I have to tell you, you know, I bought that when we were all in Paris and we had that day in the African Paris. 
and I bought that he a piece of cloth and I had it sewn together to make oh, a yeah. tablecloth. How it was is it? the most beautiful tablecloth. I love it so much. Oh, and I'm thinking, why didn't yeah. I buy more? Yes, but see, just that. Not only when you pull it out, is it oftentimes such a memory, right? And each piece that I pull out, I remember where I got it and why I chose it. But it just adds to that whole sort of my own enthusiasm of having a party and setting a table. The odd thing about this tablecloth is that I wasn't aware of it when I bought it. But when I was in Tennessee at Blackberry Farm with Fran McDormand, she and I spent a day going in and out of like thrift stores. And I ended up buying these wonderful a vase and a bunch of glasses, ceramic glasses um, from Czechoslovakia that look exactly like this African cloth. Wow. Where it's were so we? I don't remember where we were in what, what part. Where were in we? Paris. The flea, at that flea market? Not the or, flea market. Remember oh. when we oh, were- Oh, I'm sorry. At that, at, yes. At that, at, Af- at that yeah. incredible yes. shop with fabric where yeah, they, it, they make dresses out of. And you knew you were going to be se- sewing two together? Yes, I mean, I because you couldn't. I mean, it's very it, narrow. Now, yes, it's, it's yes. like you know, n- nine feet long, but you know, only you know a foot and a half wide. So I cut it in half and sewed it together. Did um did it make it to your Thanksgiving dinner this year, or did you not have it done in time? Um, I didn't have it done in time, but now I just use it all the time because it, it's it's these beautiful bright colors. It's wonderful. And here's the difference between us. I did not sew mine together. So I have, you know, the edges are still kind of <laughs> ragged and things, but I still love it. <laughs> and I have, I, and have I did a narrow enough table that it works. <laughs> you must be very narrow because it's not, it's not very wide. Maybe I got different fabric though, because it, 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 it is enough to cover the table. But now I'm going, next time I'm going to Paris, I'm going to go and buy a ton of different kinds of material because. I mean, that material was so beautiful. Yeah, no, it was really beautiful. But I know what, so, so Ruth, you're saying that the people are the most important part. Oh, definitely. And, and I'm saying that table spread that I put out and where I get to actually have an excuse to use all this shit I pick up wherever I go. So Lori, what's your, uh, what's your favorite part or the, you think the most important part to a dinner party? I mean, I still put a lot of effort into the food more in that kind of, but in a different way. Like I, there, there, I probably do too much at the last minute. Um, but cause like we do like the, the fried chicken and then, and when you do that, you have to be cooking it, you know, pretty much at the last minute cause you, you're, you're making a lot. But I think it's kind of, I also just love people wandering in the kitchen and talking and, I don't know. I do think it's, it's, I think it's a mixture of all of those things because you, um, people love using the back of Jonathan's truck as a table. And I think they love, you know, just, um, you know, the, we're, we're in the backyard a lot, but there's a lot of flow inside the kitchen and out. And I think it is the mix of people. I'll tell you what I love about going to your house. Um, yeah. Lori, as a, as a guest, when I am invited. Yes. Is I really, really love how at ease you are. And I'm not, you know, like 
I'm I'm more like I invited everybody to come at 6.30. Everything better be ready, set, and, you know, on the table at 6.30. And I'm like, and so I'm fighting to meet that deadline because I'm, you know, restaurant, you know. And, you know, again, very concerned uh, with that and very concerned about, you know, that presentation. But you feel so at ease if you have to pull out Jonathan's truck that's fine. And if you're not quite ready, that's okay. Also, come on in, have fun, come wander in. So I think you're like an ideal hostess because, or host, because there's nothing worse to, like I always say, when you're in a kitchen, like you're in a restaurant, right? And it's an open kitchen and everybody is frowning that's cooking. You know that the food you're going to get is going to be angry food because we know angry cooks make angry food, you know, and stressed out hosts make stressed out food, you know, and it kind of, it puts like a damper, a little bit of a damper. And that's what I'm afraid I sometimes do at my parties, but you're just so sort of carefree. I think that you love to introduce some, you know, to your guests, some new um, item that you have just found at some crazy little uh, store or restaurant somewhere that nobody's ever heard of. And you love to, uh, showcase it at your parties. But I really always admired both you and Jonathan's ease when it came to entertaining, that nothing was going to change that, that you enjoy entertaining and you're going to be doing it your way. It's interesting because we'd be, you know, very, there'd be that stress right before people arrive. But I think once people come, then you kind of like, okay, that's, it's all going to go the way it's going to go and everything's going to be okay. Cause, you know, Margie's come with Robert and they're always a little early and they bring, you know, some good beer and, and our friend Jervy will come and he wants to make gumbo on one of the burners. And I love his gumbo. So we've, we've worked him into the rhythm of how we do things. And so that, you know, Jervy's always got something to say and a story to tell and he's mixing his gumbo and. So I don't know. And then, and then it's, it's pretty, yeah, I, I, I like that too. We have a good group of friends too. And so they all bring something. Actually, I think you know, I know this and I still can't get myself to do it, but the best parties I've ever been to or given myself were when it wasn't already when people got there and people had to pitch in and help. And I mean, I will never forget a friend in LA once gave a party and we all were sitting around drinking and drinking. And, you know, I think we got there at seven and at nine o'clock, Michael looked at me and said, will you go into the kitchen and see what's happening with dinner? And I went in there and she hadn't even started cooking yet. And she, and then she looked at me and she, and I, when I walked in and I said, can I help? And she said, yeah, it would be great if you could make dinner. And, <laughs> and so I said, sure. What do you have? She said, well, I got some chickens and I don't quite know. Here's, I got some spinach. And, and meanwhile, everybody got completely drunk because they were just drinking and drinking and drinking and dinner wasn't ready till about 1030. But it was a great party. And I know that, but I still can't keep myself from, you know, making sure everything's kind of ready when people walk in yeah. the door. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think also, uh, and this is something that I definitely, I'm 
trying to remind myself each time, and I'm not always very good at it, but the just sort of trying to, um, and with the Laura, you'll probably laugh at me, but I really do try to hone it in and try to keep it simple or doable rather than too ambitious. And I think like, I think about that piece that we had referred to uh, in the New Yorker a few times back about the writer talking about the simple pleasures of of cooking something that you want to cook at home rather than the elaborate croquembouche, you know. I think of all the um, the uh, entertainers in, I don't know what the era was, was it the 70s or was it the 80s, that everybody felt like they had to make a beef wellington at home, you know. It's the like, worst dish ever. Anyway, yeah, not, not, only, not only is it bad, but the amount of work it takes to carry then that, that masterpiece or supposed masterpiece, you know, on that roasting tray, you know, onto the table and say, voila, and then everybody applaud. Right. That's a lot of work and a lot of not fun spent in the kitchen. Right. It is. Yeah. It is. Oh, my nephew recently very proudly made a beef wellington. I was choking it down. I kept you know, saying, oh, this is really delicious. This is really delicious. Thinking, why would you make this stupid dish? Production services for Three Ingredients are provided by Voltage. It is produced by J.E. Peterson and edited and mixed by Ness smith Savadoff. The music for this show was provided by Alex Mastronardi and Richard Farrell. Before you go, don't forget to join us at threeingredients.substack.com if you haven't already. It's a great place to ask your burning culinary questions, share your own food stories, and meet other people obsessed with food. We love hearing from you. Thanks again, and keep cooking.